1: a ton of encouragement
0: and maybe a little inspiration. Today's podcast is on why choosing kindergarten can seem more stressful than choosing college. Choosing kindergarten and an elementary school can feel overwhelming, like it might define your child or your child's future opportunities. Sometimes schools and media present programs as all or nothing, right or wrong choices. In the majority of cases, however, parents have lots of good choices, none of which will harm or handicap your child, and in most cases, many choices still remain after that final choice is made. Let's hear why our kindergarten researching dad thought this was more complicated than his college decision. At the square table today are Jamie Eisenberg and Lauren Weintraub. Lauren is a mom of a school-aged child and a former teacher, so she's seen this from all sides, but I'm going to turn it over to Jamie first. Tell us why this was so stressful and might still be stressful, and where you are in your search. Welcome.
1: Can I cry first? Yes, you can. <laughs> okay, good, okay. because it, it, overwhelming is the uh, is probably the best description you can have for where we're at right now. So, myself and and my wife Allison, uh, we are I guess what six months out or so um, from uh, deciding on a kindergarten, not just for our, our four and a half year old, uh, but also we have a two year old, so. Making the decision for for both of them, and we're looking at uh, public school, private school. Uh, my son tested gifted, so he has some options in terms of uh, his public school situation. But it's uh, it's nerve wracking. It's it's as you said. It's, it's it feels tougher than when I had to make my college decision. And um,
0: I didn't know when you posted that on Facebook. Yeah. I didn't know if you were joking.
1: No, <laughs> no, it it I, it just like college was easy. <laughs> Why?
0: What's, what are the emotions? I mean, where is the fear, the anxiety, the uncertainty?
1: So I have a public school background. That's all I know. Uh, my wife went to private school for up until high school, and then she did public high school. Um, so she's got one background. I have a different background. Okay. And then I don't know if you want me to mention the schools or not that we're looking at, but um, one is a Jewish day school and uh, one is not in terms of the private schools. Mm-hmm. And so it's also introducing or keeping, you know, because coming from B'nai Torah, keeping that same sort of cultural education going um, for those next formative years. So that's kind of where also we're, you know, trying to factor that in as well. And then clearly financial, you know, I mean, that's a huge part of it as well is. Public school clearly is a is a For, much better. Yeah. <laughs> and you I mean, looking situation. at the
0: finances. I mean, it's it's you don't want to say, "Oh, this is a one-time expense." This is not a one-time expense. Right. And as you said, you're going to have two children yes. in private school, in the blink of an and, eye.
1: And you know, I mean, it's it's a small factor, but it's a factor is we don't know if we're done having children, and so okay. to make that choice of private school, knowing that there could be a third. Exactly. Potentially. Um, that's <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm lucky I still have my hair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to come back to um, how you're evaluating and where your priorities are and mm-hmm. what you're considering in each of those. Let's say you only have one public school. Option. Well, the,
1: we, we don't have to necessarily put him in the gifted program. The school that we're zoned for does not have a gifted program. Okay. So it's either go to the one that we're zoned for. Or enroll him in the gifted program. So we really have four, four schools choices. to choose
0: from. Okay, so we're, we're going to try to pull all that apart and get really specific if we can. Mm-hmm. But Lauren, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us about your background, what you know about public schools from the inside out, sure. and then the choices you made for your family. Sure,
2: thank you for having me. Um, I was a public school teacher for 10 years in New York. I am a product of public school. I'm a firm believer when done correctly, when resources are put in the right way, and when you have teachers who truly love being there, you have a phenomenal experience. I will say what is right for one is not necessarily right for the other. And that is really hard because when you're sitting there looking at the big picture, you're thinking, how am I gonna struggle getting one child to one school, one child to the other school? But right now I think to simplify things is to focus on the first child and that first adjustment and i think the biggest part for a child is they read that parent almost the way a dog reads you know if you're nervous if you're anxious if you're crying and that kind of sets it for the child so i think if you do everything you can to say you know what We've made the best possible decision, whatever that decision is, and then you stick by it. And you say nothing but positive things, regardless of what that decision is, to your child. And you talk about how excited you are. Your child will also be excited because that is the foundation. Sure. And it's the foundation for learning. It's the foundation for getting good skills to become a successful adult. And we have to want to be there. And if you don't want to be there, all of those skills are going by the wayside. So you're right. It is the scariest, scariest moment of a parent's life watching that child go to school. I will say in New York, we had a pre-kindergarten day, you got to take your kids to the park where they got onto a bus, and they got to ride not even a quarter of a mile. I mean, literally, the park was next to the school, but they got Practice the feeling day. of getting onto that bus, getting to the school, and the whole kindergarten was open to them. And they walked in, and they got to have snack there and see mm-hmm. what that's like. And that was a really big transition that one day, I remember my eyes, and they're filled with tears. And I look at my daughter, and her eyes were filled with tears. I said, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. You can't cry in front of her. There's nothing wrong. This is exciting. This is happy. And as long as I kept telling myself that, her attitude changed. And all of a sudden, she was so excited to be there. And when she got off that bus, again, I wanted to cry. And I held it in. And she had the best
0: 45 minutes of her life. And the research is going to be clear on that. Once that choice is made, the parent collaboration and commitment to that school in a process is perfect. Yeah. But I will tell you. I had a hard time filling up this third chair today. Now, the person who was supposed to be in the third chair didn't make it because she's sick. But lots of people said, no, I can't join you. I don't want to say bad things about the choice that I made. And I'm not 100% happy in my school. I don't know that I would recommend it. Wow. I had another parent say to me, um, I can't say anything good about any kindergarten. And, so and I'm sure she looked at all the schools you were looking at. Actually, probably not the public schools. She's in a public school. She said, I, I just tell my daughter, who's in kindergarten now, to get through the day. And then and, wow. and she's learning how to sit still, collect um, smiley faces, rewards, or whatever Stickered that those compliance stickers are. She said, it's a complete waste of her time. Um, they, they are engaged, happy, involved families. And I was like whoa, because she was the mother I was choosing to say no matter... Because I said, you, my, my deal on this is you can't make a bad choice. I, I kind of feel the same way,
1: but that's scary that you say that.
0: Well, so what I want to put out there is you can't make a bad choice mm-hmm. because families will always... Um, compensate. And no school is going to be perfect. Every school is going to balance some of the factors that the school doesn't have. If they're overly academic, you're going to have more play time. If they're n- kind of relaxed, you're going to make sure that they are, and, and all our Boca schools are doing a fine job at keeping them to grade level and succeeding. I mean, our public schools are comparable to, public, to private schools yes. anywhere, so mm-hmm. that's not a factor. Where you get caught up, and where this mom, who I'm pointing to an invisible chair here, is she is the inappropriateness of kindergarten curriculum or the inappropriateness of early elementary. You know, someone who's just really not comfortable with where education is for the early elementary years. And that is also going to be something that I think you have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. It's a shared cultural experience. That's the worst case scenario is I just don't believe in what kindergarten is these days. Should everybody be homeschooling? That's certainly not a comfortable option for many people out there. So I do believe you can't make a bad choice. I believe with Lauren that the choice that you make once you make it, and I think of it as that improv rule, dare to suck. You know, just just make the commitment, commit to it, watch how it plays out, and make the best of it by collaborating with and the it people. And it might
2: suck, and that's okay, because not everything is perfect, and you have to learn how to persevere, and you have to learn how to get through that year and make the best out of it. But if, as a parent, we stay as positive, and we try to phrase things and think things with the glass half full, it helps your child have that same structure in their life.
0: And thank you for saying that as someone who's lived through it, is it's not going to be this perfect ideal. Of course. And now I'm bringing it back to you, Jane, Uh because I think what happens is it's that stress of this is a life-changing experience for our family and my firstborn. You know, I can't make, uh, I can't put them in a situation that I'm not going to be able to live with. So what matters to you and Allison as you're looking at your four choices what? You, what? You, how are you measuring them? Comparing them?
1: Um, I think. Well, also, it's it's not just looking at kindergarten; it's looking at the as the, it should be. Yeah, you the, come here the to the twos; right. you're
0: looking at pre-K. The, the whole mm-hmm.
1: the whole path. Um, there there are several things. You know, I mean, it, it's again, you know, factoring in the religious aspect of it from mm-hmm. the, the the Jewish day school. It's the um, the social aspect of it from having a more diverse. Um, group of kids, you know, with right, uh, right, which which right. they'll find, with, and I have two boys, with the, which they'll find with public school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the uh, increased opportunities, I think, to a certain degree with the other, with the two private schools. But um, my kids are involved in sports. It'd be easier for them to be part of the sports teams. You know, I don't know sure. what their skill level will be. I hope it'll be great. But um, what it will be, uh, public versus private, you know, there's less kids of a pool to choose from for the same amount of spots so there are a a variety of factors and then again the the financial thing is 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 big you know we we make a comfortable living but we're kind of in this gray area where it's not easy to just say we're going to send two kids or maybe three kids to private school in the blink of an eye but it's also we don't qualify for financial aid so it's we're in this kind of gray area where it would be a struggle and do we want to be you know school poor or house poor you know and not one thing that we're trying to factor in is we like to travel we like to do things with our kids and those things may be sacrificed, if in fact it's a if it's a private school choice. So um, there, there's just a variety of things that you know, a lot of balls in the air that we're trying to you can know, juggle. you
0: and Allison agree? Can you and Allison say, like this is what we want for our kids' education? This is what we want from a school.
1: Uh, not yet. I don't think we've come to that. Yeah. That final statement the, yet.
0: Here's here's one thing that I'm I'm that's running through my mind in the choice. It's like when you're shopping for schools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, what's the best for my money? What's the best experience? And you're you're looking at all good choices, but they're outside of yourself. And now you're trying to compare apples and oranges, you know, big, it's versus answering that question from the inside out. Who is our family? What matters to us? What are our values? What is the school? Before I even look out there, that will match who we are as a family, that we want to have an eight-year relationship with. Mm -hmm. And that might be different. So it's, you know, both are, everything's going to have pros and cons. Everything's going to have, right, this will be a supportive Jewish environment or a private school setting where they will have opportunities that will be very specific to their individual strengths, to, to, you know all kinds of things versus the diversity and an equally academic. But what, where, what matters most to you will yeah. it be community? Will it be? I mean, if cost wasn't a factor, do you know what you would choose?
1: Probably the the non religious private school.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: When have you explored and toured all of these different places?
1: We have toured three of the four. One does not have a tour option, so okay. we, we've seen Which we've seen all the non gifted. The non-gifted. Yes. non-gifted. And so um, so we have we, you know we're doing our due diligence and you know, taking a look at all three of them. The problem is and, and this is not a knock on public school, but you know, when you see two private schools and, and the things that they offer, and obviously money is a huge factor, yeah. it it it's a huge difference. You know, the, the teachers might be better and I wouldn't doubt that. Um, at the public school, the programs may be better and to a certain degree, the education may be better, but you see the whole thing, the whole setting. It's different. It, it's totally different. It's just you know? different. What, yeah. what,
0: what are the top three things that that private school offers?
1: Oh, um, well, I, I mean, I guess, you know, I'll just, I'll start with the, the religious one just because that's the last one we toured. So the thing that sets them apart is continuing the same type of education that they've gotten here, you know, to a certain extent. It's a little bit more, clearly, because they're a little bit more of a focus, but, um, that's their big uh, difference maker is, you know, continuing that cultural aspect of it. And that's one thing that my wife, uh, she's more observant than I am. I didn't grow up in a very observant home. And so she likes that aspect of it because she doesn't feel like we're giving that to them fully, like she was raised. Okay. And so she likes the fact that they'll be getting that. They'll be learning Hebrew. They'll be learning Judaic studies. Um, whereas to me, that's not necessarily the primary focus. My primary focus is their education. And so, um that's more of what I'm you know looking for. It, it's hard to get past the conversations with the in, admissions people because they're so focused on kindergarten you know and, and making you feel comfortable with that first phase and, uh, I, I kind of approach it as each school is so good. Um, like you were saying, you know, having confidence in the decision that you make will transfer over to how the child feels I f- if, if it was you have to make a decision now and it was okay the first name that comes out of my head. I'm comfortable that that's where my kids are going to go. No, no question. So I don't think we're going to make a bad choice. Um, it's just I think some of the little things that you know you would necessarily find. Um, one thing that 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 uh, is kind of maybe pushing us one way or the other is the uh, the doctor who did the, the gifted testing. Um, you know, she gave us some recommendations, and she recommended the the gifted program at the public school. Can so, I
2: speak just, about the gifted program? Hopefully. Coming from New York where we don't believe in tracking children at such a young age, that happens more in the middle school and high school level. Everyone is together. It's a heterogeneous group. You have pros and cons to that, of course. You can see kids persevere. You can see kids who have weaknesses. Not everybody has a strength. Not everything is perfect. So when we came down here, I was very, very hesitant to have my child tested and to look into the gifted program because I said, this is a little bubble. This is not reality. This is not life. I want her to see that not every child just gets it. And I don't want her to be intimidated when she doesn't just get it. And so I put her in gen ed. She had a successful year. She had a wonderful year. Probably the best year she has had since we've been down here. It was a wonderful, wonderful class. The teacher made it. it. Her love of learning and her strength in just organization and structure in the classroom just set the tone for the whole year, and she had a phenomenal year. Year two came, and I said, oh, year one was great. This is fantastic. Let's this go is, along with year what two. This is grade level? This is we started in first grade okay. down here. So now we're in second grade. Second grade wasn't as academically motivating as first grade was. And to me, first grade is is a very, very important year. You learn to read. Second grade is kind of that gift of time. If you didn't get it in first grade, you have a few extra months now to figure it all out and get it. And by third grade, we're no longer learning to read. We're reading to learn. That's a huge transition. So second grade comes, and she's in this class where she is that child who should have been in the gifted program. And the teacher didn't worry about her. And as a result, she was the kid who was always doing the right thing, who was quiet, who just sat and did her work and helped another child, but she wasn't getting any focus because the teacher, when she was thinking of testing, didn't have to worry about my child. She had to worry about that cusp kid who wasn't necessarily going to make those scores. And as a result, she had a wasted year. And I sit here now going, I should have moved her for second grade, and I didn't because I wanted to give Gen Ed what I was anticipating it would give all of the kids. And unfortunately, that's just not the way the cookie crumbled. You have a class of... 20-plus children. You have 14, 15, 16 sections of each grade. That's enormous grade level right there. And unless you have a teacher who's really invested personally into making something out of that class, she can just kind of get by doing what she needs to do and letting those other kids do what they need to do. Now we're in gifted. And I sit there and say, as a parent, I should have done that last year, and I didn't. And now she is a teacher, she only has 16 kids in her class, and she's a teacher who is so motivated to get all of her kids to learn but that's not because of gifted. That's because of the teacher. Oh, and yeah, that's sure. why it became hit or miss. And I sit here and say, oh, now I'm in a good track because I'm in the gifted program. She's only with these two. These 24 kids are going to be mixed up together. She's going to have a teacher who has that extra certification. But ultimately, it's the teacher. So I have to keep telling my daughter that you had a great year this year. And, and your teacher is phenomenal. But that's not to say next year is going to be the same experience. And that's going to happen every single year. And it's a learning tool. And that's what it's like at work. Yep. You might go to work every single day and it's the same job, but that job changes mm. over time. Sure. And yeah. you have to be able to be malleable and, and mold to that. And it's very scary as a little kid to yep. be able to do that. But there is no right and wrong. It, you have to do what's sitting with you right now and just stick with it. And then when the time comes to make that change, go 110% behind that change and stick with it again. I have no idea what I'll do with my younger one. Not a clue because I sit there and go they need two different things nice. they're two different people and I would love to say yes they'd be in both in the same school and and that
0: school will be flexible and adaptable. it will be
2: beautiful but that's not reality and I think at the first focus is on your first child yes. and that first transition in and you'll see how he survives and
0: what he needs and that's a learning tool for you too yep. because there's no question in your family that you have complicated boys who yes. who are brilliant and engaged and active and you want I mean if you try to find the school for both, I'm sure that you'll you'll be even more overwhelmed because sure. you know Eli's coming up with yes. with a whole nother scenario. So yeah. I think that's really great advice. But I also think with that story, your instinct that you don't want to be just looking at kindergarten mm-hmm. is really, really smart. Yeah. And so and also this idea of, you know, what are you looking at for high school? You right. know, it's it's even you if you're gonna be paying for private high schools, you know. I, and I or if you'd be going to that Jewish day school and then switching out at high school. Sure. you know it, there's so many possible scenarios or switching out at middle school.
1: I think one thing that the uh, again the, the doctor who I, I don't mm-hmm. I, I think she's a psychologist, I'm not sure, but she would be. I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, one thing she said which I thought was interesting in terms of private versus public and the gifted program specifically is just because these kids are in the private school, their education, their, their intelligence level, They're paying to be there. Right. They're not testing in to be there. So to put your child in the gifted program, they're going to be around kids that are at the same level, whether they... Um, excel on that level or not They're, they've tested into that level so you're putting them around the teacher obviously makes or breaks I think the whole scenario which I totally agree with I'm sure you were a great teacher um, <laughs> that that is to me I, I totally agree because that will set the tone for the whole experience but as long as the kids are on the same level they can either rise to the level of the teacher right. or they'll stay at the level that they think is comfortable for them or they can achieve but like you're saying you know in in the gen ed scenario um, the teacher will focus more on the other kids that have to get to that cup. There's still going to be kids, obviously, that have to get to a certain level that need, need more help. Yep. But and
0: there will be great teachers who do that with finesse. As, and, as they should and be to right. everybody. Right. Because all teachers should bring those same skills, right. but they all will The hope you know?
1: would be is that they're trying to bring the kid that's on the cusp but also taking the kids like your daughter and, right. and helping them elevate themselves right. as well.
0: And so when you do your due diligence, because I think that choosing a school, and I, I always say this for preschools, but it's going to be true for elementaries, is it's the school you're going to have a relationship with for the next right. six years. So what are you hearing from the parents? Because like, you can't choose the teachers, but you want to know, is you know, can I communicate, you know, my this my concerns, my challenges? How are they working with parents? How are they helping us feel comfortable when we, when we need guidance that this teacher is working, this teacher is not working so well for us? Do you have any feedback from the parents in your different schools?
1: A a little bit. You know, the one thing I think that my wife found, which I don't necessarily agree with, but she found like she didn't feel like she would be as welcomed in the public school setting as she would in the private school setting. And I think, again, that's just because of... the the conversations that were had mostly with the admissions people. Um, Because
0: they're trying to sell you at this point, so there's a very big open door for the the private schools to say, come, let us make you feel welcome. And as one person said, every school will tell you a little bit of what you want to know, what you want to hear, versus really be true to the philosophy, the the organization style. I mean, because what you really want, I mean, we know some schools that we know have the most amazing administrators, and you know you're going to be able to count on them. Will they still be here for your second child? I don't know. But at least if there's some predictability that those first two or three years are solid and involved and and again work with the kind of work with have parent involvement in the way that you want have parent communication in the way that you want so in but- the programs that you would like to see your children involved with. Yep. You know, I mean, what school
2: is offering which program? For me, reading is a really, really important component to learning, especially at their early age. So what reading programs are the different schools offering? Some schools don't believe in investing, and that's a Southern thing that I've come to understand, but some schools do not believe in investing money in actual programs. They feel like their teachers can just do it. And other schools really feel very firmly in investing in a program and letting their teacher use this program as a benchmark, and then letting their teacher flourish after they've used this benchmark program. Private school leans much more towards those programs. Oh, sure. I personally love those programs. At the foundation level, love it. I think a reading program, there's nothing better than that. The kids all need to have the same foundation in order to move to first grade, in order to move to second grade. If we're all doing different things, we can't all get to that same room and have the same base, and that's what's so important. If you are someone who is saying, my child needs X, Y, and Z, you need to go find that X, Y, and Z yeah, and give it to them. That,
1: that's, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, with the gifted testing and with uh, his preschool teacher, one thing that we noticed, he, he's already starting to read at four, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, his writing, sometimes he, because uh, he pushes so hard, he says his hand hurts. And so one thing that they offer at uh, one of the private schools is an OT therapy uh, class. Nah, right. Once once a week they have uh, somebody, maybe it's once a day, I don't know I think I saw, they showed us a schedule, I, maybe once a day, to come and just work on them with writing mm-hmm. and so that was like, you know, very uh, enlightening to see that they and and one of the admissions people said, um, you know, we realize that with kids today, they're always on a tablet they're always, you know, doing different things than coloring as much as, as they used to so that aspect of things kind of gets lost and we want to help them make that transition from kindergarten to first grade And that's something that's a focal point. And so that's like, okay, like you're saying, you know, those those type of things. Okay, so
0: let me play devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. Do they need that? I mean, or could we give parents and kids those OT games and skills in a very naturalistic way? I mean, take the things that we're doing here with Handwriting Without Tears or get the Handwriting Without Mm -hmm. Tears that follows through into the elementary years. Which a
2: lot of... A lot of public schools and private schools
0: do have that. Sure. I mean, and they they should have that. Yeah. So so selling the OT is is a lovely professionalizing of it. Um and but I want I'm not sure that's worth Five thousand dollars well, uh, in that tuition. But piece. It also, mm-hmm. it
2: also is a function of your child. Yes. Would my child fare well being pulled into a small group? Maybe it's pulled out of the classroom. Maybe it's pulled into a corner. Now, will they feel ostracized? Will they feel funny? Sure. Why is this one person coming in working with me for fifteen minutes three times a week when the rest of the class is doing math? And now I'm trying to play catch up because sure. that scheduling does not always align mm-hmm. perfectly well, in the ideal world. What they try. We've had that
1: discussion because you know they have the opportunity to do it here, and and, and we don't want to have them pulled out of, of, of the, the general, you know, uh, class situation.
2: And that's um, why I do say when you're saying about that teacher, if you have a teacher who has experience, and like, as you were talking, I'm like, oh, well, this is what you should do. If you have a teacher that has this experience... They should just say to you, guess what, your child's pushing too hard, I'm gonna give them a mechanical pencil because they're gonna realize that as soon as they push too hard that point breaks. Yep. And now they're not gonna spend their whole day sharpening the pencil because that's a fun thing to do too. <laughs> Sometimes you push so hard we make that pencil break, right. ooh, now I don't have to sit at my desk, I can go sharpen a pencil. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of weed out why we're doing what we're doing and if I'm giving them a tool, you know what, what's fair is giving everybody what they need, not what? not the same that's thing. Sure. So Karen needs glasses so she can see. You need a mechanical pencil so that you are writing and you're not making a boo-boo in your finger today. But those are things that a teacher who has a skill base, who has a good schema, should be able to bring in without bringing in those extra things. Now, if your child has handwriting that is illegible, if your child has a hard time cutting, if your child's weaknesses are holding them back and they're becoming frustrated from it, that's not what we want.
0: Because those then, frustrations will play out. Then you do need to support out. services, for sure. I, I yes. think
1: one thing that you said is, is interesting that we also are, are you know, trying to factor in is um, the programs that are offered during the day. Versus having to do those extra things after school. Okay. So uh, at one of the, the private schools, there's full music program where they're learning the violin by, I think, third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, there's language where they're learning uh, Mandarin by, I think, the third grade.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, th- that's something that you, you know. And that's
0: part of their regular day. Right. So yeah.
1: that when they're done by, you know, 2 to three o'clock. They don't have to have uh, a music lesson, or they don't have to have a, a you know right. a language or something. They could focus on just being a kid.
0: And what also that the way that balances out the academics part of the day is is can be priceless as well. Right. Because it, it's not this compartmentalized. We're gonna like fill you full of all this information right. during the school hours, and then comes fun. No, it's a whole child. Kind right. Of, so,
1: but it's it's also like you're saying. You know, should you be doing the OT stuff uh, with your children, or, or <laughs> you know, finding some other yeah. uh, options? It's nice to know that, and again, is it worth $5,000? I don't know. But yeah. it, it's nice to know that you don't have to make that a focal point, where we do. I mean, right. you know, clearly right. we're, we're, we're trying to make sure that there, there are ways to correct it. But um, it's nice to know that there are professional people doing it, and then we could spend different things, different right. um, activities right. with our children.
0: So, and, and my question for you before with the, um, what are the three best tr- things that you love in that private school is when you make that list when you can really be specific about and and I think that was one of the ex- this would be one of the examples is you know it's a whole child focus it's an enrichment it's a global cultural opportunity. Um, make those lists and then see how much there can those other schools pick up some of those things mm-hmm. but in a whole different way sure. so that. They're, let's say they don't have the violin and the mandarin, but let's say they've got something else that really balances it out or gives the, the experiences to your boys that you really want them to yes. have. So, I, you know, it's. I don't think. I mean, clearly, it's not going to be an easy decision. No. Um, one other question that I have, because I think it's. I think it's out there for everybody that can't just pick automatically have this ease of choice, and especially it's the cost factor is. And I wanna know if this is where some of the stress comes from. Does some of the stress come from, I love this school. This one school is the one I would pick. Um, if I convince my wife mm-hmm. because we're not and there and there's a whole other dynamic of she's in love with an education like she had um, and I'm, hypoth- I'm I'm making this hypothetical because I'm not really I'm not saying you're yeah, pretty true. close okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that whole other dynamic is how do we get on the same page yep. and that whole conversation of okay, we have to talk and talk and talk until we really get to some agreement and consensus about where our values really are for the next eight years of our kids' lives. The other thing is, how bad do you feel if you can't automatically give your child everything? Of course, because I think, and 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 I think maybe that is some of the stress—not that for you necessarily feeling, but for everybody out there—is it's an impossible decision to make because in order to pay for this experience that looks pretty perfect to mm. me, I I have to lose four other things that added quality to our lives. Right, and so now you're in this world of I can't have it all. I can't have everything I want. And who are we as a family in this world? So you made your choice for private, What for public. How did, what did you have, because I'm coming back to you, with this idea of how do you make the, how does the stressful decision become an okay, imperfect decision? How did you make that choice? And did you have any stress or anxiety over what you knew your daughter, at least your firstborn daughter, wasn't going to have?
2: Yes, it's interesting because I was so public school, public school. The reason I moved to Parkland was for public school. You know, I kept saying if I wanted to go to private school, I could have paid fifty thousand dollars in taxes and moved closer to Manhattan and lived in a in a different town there, and my child would be three hundred kids in a graduating class. And in public school, everything would be dandy. My taxes would be going there. Here I sit here and say, for right now, everything is working out well. For right now, she's happy. For right now, she's learning. For right now, she's blossoming into a caring, kind, sensitive person. That's what I'm hoping for, for right now. Will that change? I don't know, I don't know what the future holds. So I'm holding on to what I have right now and saying for right now this is all working. Come middle school, I don't know what this will look like. It will look very different, she will look very different. Her needs will look very different. So therefore I will reassess. But the one thing that I have to keep in the back of my head and it's very, very challenging in a community such as this it's hard to not want to keep up with the Joneses. It's hard to not hear my child's going to school, my child's going to school, my child's in this program, my child. You have to just focus on your child, yep. and that's that's a very intense feeling when there's so many options. I think in New York, we didn't have that option. A lot of choices. Everybody went to public school. Right. You had a minute handful that went to those two or three private schools, and that was it. And here, these options make it feel like you have to constantly be pondering. And that you're you're not secure in your own belief. And that's a scary feeling. I almost feel like they would just say to you, this is where you're supposed to go.
0: Mm-hmm. And th- I then, mean, that's it. You just want somebody to say, your oh, sure. so decision what, will work well, out no matter I mean, what. And there's you, always going to be so that There's decision. always going to be something right. that's going to suck about yes. your so, decision.
1: So you yes. know, uh, our, our my, my wife and her sister had a, a child three days apart. Wow. So they're cousins. And their financial situation is a little different. They know that they're sending their child straight to the public school that there's on for it. Mm-hmm. um and they have no i mean they don't our, have the anxiety they, they, nothing they, they, it's it, and i envy that you know like exactly what you're saying yeah, yeah, I, I envy that yeah. i'm so thrilled that my my son you know tested gifted and and you know we have these options that we could potentially afford to give him but it's adding to a, a a level of if if i knew that he was just going here and once we make that decision clearly we'll commit to it and like you said you know we'll make sure that it's uh mm-hmm. Uh, a a happy, you know, um, mm-hmm. thrilled scenario that that he uh, appreciates that. But it's just it, it it's very challenging to think. Um, you hear okay, this family's going there. This family's going there. It, it yeah. It's,
2: There's this keeping it's, up. It's yeah, an intense mm-hmm, feeling. Yep. And it's am I inadequate? Am I not giving my child everything that everybody sure. else has? Well, it, it's had. like you said,
1: Karen. It's like you know you have this perfect scenario, um, and you know I. I I, I think about just, you know, my own experience. Like, I didn't do any of these things. It came out great. <laughs> I, I, I hope so, you know. You but came I, out great. I, I mean, it's just one of those situations where, um, you know, you, you don't want to feel like you're shortchanging your
0: kids. That's right. But I, mean, I that's straight out of the entitlement book. But entitlement I, free is, I, what if a choice I make will affect my child's right. potential, mm-hmm. my child's future? And that's a burden in some ways you can't carry. It's it, You'll never find your way through it. But the bottom line is you came out as an amazing human being, as an amazing person. So you think of the Jewish values education, you got that. Somehow, somewhere. Somewhere. You know, without... And and Ali got both. You know, it's you've got the intelligence, you've got the success, you've got the compassion, you've got this balance. And so... That's where you can't make a bad decision. Right. You really can't make a and, bad and decision.
1: And I think the, the nice thing is, is that you know we've given our, our, our son um, a lot of different opportunities at, at four, and to see him thrive in those different yeah. opportunities. I'm sure the same thing with your daughter. You know, like you yeah. know playing sports and other yeah. other things. Like to see them put in situations where they may not feel comfortable right away, yeah. but then you see them start to blossom and 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 take hold of those situations. Yeah. And I like to try to apply that to what the school situation will be in that. Okay, he may not know any of the kids because he's not going with any of his friends from preschool or, or you know, we may not be in the in the school that's for our community. But I feel comfortable yeah. enough to know that if I pop him here, if I plop him here, if I pop him here, each one of those scenarios he's gonna be okay. He's gonna great he's right. gonna
0: take something fabulous away. Yeah. So, you know, my recommendation, not that the, just in terms of problem solving for everybody out there, is how do you sit with yourselves and your families? And everybody else that's vested in this decision who's who's in your ear mm-hmm. and say, you know, and maybe doing it blind, you know, from each other is how do, I, how do I say what I'm willing to give up? How do I really say, you know what, the vacations might not matter or no, for my sanity, for our togetherness, for our family, those vacations really do matter. It's somehow, how do you really look within? Because I think the decision has to come from who you are. Here and now, rather than looking outside of yourself. That's where I think the entitlement thing is always going to put you on the treadmill that says, not enough, missing out, and I'm a failure, and I've made a mistake, and I feel guilty that I can't give my child everything. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that you guys are incredible people who are going to make incredible choices for your children. So I have to go to the wrap up. And the wrap up I, I do have one question, go go just
1: from somebody who's in, in public school. Uh, given the culture mm-hmm. today of mm-hmm. especially what's happening politically not to make this political or Absolutely. not but um, the stuff recently about all the anti-Semitism mm-hmm. um, especially after touring a Jewish day school recently mm-hmm. um, the safety factor from like uh, my mm-hmm. wife was saying that there was some um, swastikas at a. I I posted
0: on my Facebook page yeah. this morning
1: middle school yeah. um, does that make you nervous at all?
2: I will tell you that and it's Interesting you should say this to me because my sister who lives in Brooklyn or lives in Manhattan and works in Brooklyn took a picture of the subway the other day with all these swastikas and hate, hate marks all over the subway. And I sat there and said that, you know, this has been going on for a long time. And I grew up in a community in Westchester that was probably one of the least Jewish communities in Westchester. And for the past three years, I keep seeing on Facebook, they've had issues of vandalism and swastikas and it's children doing it and children here. And they, they, they are trying to understand what's going on in the world around them, and they don't know. They don't know. So I truly believe that it's up to the schools to be providing a safe, nurturing environment where students can say, you know what, this is what I believe. And they have to say that not everybody in the class is going to have the same beliefs, but it's up to the school to keep those students understanding that we need to be sensitive to each other. We need to be thoughtful and empathetic of each other and realize that we're allowed to have different opinions. And doing something that's hurting somebody else intentionally is not how we go about expressing ourselves, and if that that's a conversation so do you that's feel going to that take place anywhere are doing
0: that in terms of the anti-bullying anti-hate
2: i feel as they're doing everything they possibly can bullying is a hot topic the word my child's being bullied is used very very casually and now we're trying to determine exactly that definition of what is bullying it's doing it intentionally it's doing it repeatedly over and over again it's not just you're not going to play with me today oh she bullied me so again, it's, it's trying to make children understand how and when and where they need to be expressing themselves, but a lot of it's coming from what they're seeing and what they're hearing, and the parents not being a parent, and the school's not being a school, school and you, saying stop.
0: I'm gonna keep going. Do you, do you feel your daughter's safe?
2: Do I feel my daughter is safe? I feel she is safe, as safe as she could be. Do I think religion in the public school right now is making her unsafe? No. I think there are people who are going to target schools and target children. And do I feel their school is safe? No. I feel the school needs a better security plan in place. Nothing to do with what's currently going on, but just where we need to go. We need to have single entry points. We need to have a panic button. We need to be able to lock those doors immediately when someone walks in. But that has that's a bigger picture than just what's going on right now. And I think what's going on right now will subside. You know, when, when we first went into Obama and we had No Child Left Behind and we had Common Core, you had people outraged over this. And it was like we were never going to hear the end of it. And now we're just kind of maneuvering around that same topic onto something a little different, but also it will calm down. I think we have an intensity right now that will subside. Do I feel like the kids are safe? I feel like in a school of 1,800 kids, they're as safe as she can possibly be. Are there things that can be made safer? Yes. And that's when I sit there and say, does a private school have a safer environment? Probably, yes.
0: It's a hard question for this day, and there's a whole other podcast, because the vulnerability of the Jewish day school, mm-hmm. as, it, as, as us here, you know, as we prepare for active threats and for bomb scares and all of those things, that's a whole different kind of instability and yes. insecurity. Where, where Jewish institutions can be targeted, mm-hmm. and then the public school, you have random acts. So either way, our world is a different world for sure. children. And so, um, you know, I do have faith in all of us to stand and protect children. Um, and I parents will be involved to help create parents, those strategies. Parents,
2: you know, I, I had a major issue. We used to have it where you turn on your TV and it would go to local news automatically. That was the default of the TV. So every time I'm turning my TV on, my child has to hear about these awful things, and it's local news that's happening, like, down the street from me. And I said, yeah. this is just terrible. We need to change this. There are certain things children, even at 18, need to be pervy to, and there are certain things that they don't understand. They don't have the capability, and they are nothing can ever happen to them. You're indestructible. But this happens regardless of your setting. And And unfortunately, I think the schools do the best they possibly can. Finances ultimately pay a big part of it, as well as the bigger picture of people seeing the importance of needing security. The Chabad of Parkland, when everything was going on, they changed it. We used to have just a
0: general security guard there. His presence was there. Now we have an armed officer there. And I think as you look at schools, as anybody looks at schools, Safety is number one. You know, I mean, you want to be reassured. If a school looks unsafe, um, then I think for sure yeah. that that choice gets eliminated because that's not acceptable in this world right now. So I'm not sure that we made you feel less stressed, but I hope that you know that you're going to make an incredible decision. And I'm and I think for me, as as always, I'm the observer trying to watch your choices and and follow your stories. I'm really excited how you'll make your choice and what choice you will make and how I will watch that experience for your family and for Ronan for the first couple years. Mm-hmm. and then And then, you know, because it's really, it's just you make the best decision you can make, but there's, I mean, clearly there's a lot of conversation. But how have you got this? How have you got this for today? That, um, whether it's facing down the anxiety, facing down the choice, or facing down this inevitable decision, because six months isn't so far away. What are you waiting for? No. <laughs>
1: oh, we don't have six months. We have to make the decision, yeah. you know, soon. So, soon. Um, and then
0: you have to get every other possible choice out of your head. And yes. And say,
2: this is a yep. decision I yeah. made, and I'm sticking with it. Yep. And you're going to look at everything that's phenomenal about it.
1: Yeah, I think that's one thing that we're, we're both pretty good at is, uh, once we make a, a decision, at least I'll, I'll speak for myself, you know, my wife may have some trepidation after she <laughs> makes it, but, um...
0: So how have you got this? Uh,
1: I, I, again, I, I think it's one of those situations where we're lucky that I don't think we'll make a wrong choice. Right. And so once it's just committing to the one that we feel best fits our family and best fits our son, um, we'll, we'll be okay with it.
0: I can't wait to turn the mic off and hear what that school is. <laughs> okay, Lauren. I think the biggest part of it's going to be that feeling
2: you get when you walk in. That's why I asked, did you tour? Because even my husband said, leaving here for the first time the
0: other day, it's such a nice environment. That's that feeling. Oh, I wish you could stay here for
1: for 12 more years.
0: But that's, you know what? And I think you'll fill that in school. Mm -hmm. There will will. be that school that says, and thank you. I think that's a great Mm -hmm. simplification wrap up. It really comes down to trust your gut. Mm -hmm. Trust your gut. You feel it. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sharing it, Jamie. Thank you. Thanks, Lauren. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook, That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai To'ar Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and the Follow for the song listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.